Hey folks, just popping in here to say if you like this episode of the podcast, please give it a like rating. And if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing. We can be found on YouTube, BitChute, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Links are all in the description wherever you're tuning in from. And now, on with the show. your Canadian Info Warrior, Destry McLean, and the Savage One, Mr. Sterling Ross. Ooh, yeah! I got my French vanilla coffee again. Nice. So, we're here again. We'll, We'll fill everybody in here on a little bit of what happened we've already recorded this episode and uh when i went into editing i discovered that for some stupid reason obs studio hadn't been recording sterling's audio all along so that entire episode was absolutely useless but now i'm looking at the meters and i'm watching it and sterling's being recorded so we should be good this time Hallelujah! <laughs> That's what you call technical difficulties. Yeah, what, are the, what, are they, what do the millennials say? Boomer tech? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, the Gen Zers? Yeah. Fuck off, Karen. <laughs> oh, no, that was supposed to be okay, Karen. Sorry. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. It is what it is. We're back. Yeah, we're back. And you know, uh, just before we started recording, I was telling Sterling that I uh, I, I launched uh, Slashdot on my other monitor here and just looking for uh, any headlines that might grab my interest in the tech world. And I just spotted one. Apple okay. has just surpassed the Saudi Arabian oil company Saudi Aramco to become the world's most valuable company, giving it a market valuation at $1.84 trillion. My God. Yeah. When a tech company is worth more than the richest oil company. Yeah, exactly. Apple shares closed up to 10.47% Friday, giving it a market valuation of $1.84 trillion. And Saudi Aramco which had been the most valuable publicly listed company since its market debut last year, now trails at $1.76 trillion. <laughs> Not real. Yeah. Dude. Apple's strong fiscal third quarter earnings released Thursday boosted its stock as investors rallied behind the company's 11% year-over-year growth. Apple also announced a four-for-one stock split. Woo. 
The company has recovered from its pandemic low point in March. Shares are up more than 44% this year. Wow. Apple's doing well, man. Yeah. It just goes to show all the naysayers that were talking about how poorly Tim Cook was going to replace Steve Jobs. Guess what? Tim's (laughs) holding the reins pretty damn well. Uh, And he's still got those good people under him, so... Yeah, I think Steve Jobs was more of a, a you know, the, the technology guy, but Tim Cook was a marketing guy, and it shows in the... Actually, no, Tim, uh, Steve was uh, marketing, but Steve didn't have a formal education in marketing. It was just what he knew was going to work. Steve Wozniak was the tech guy. Uh, yeah. Job, Jobs was an engineer, but he wasn't as good an engineer as Woz. Jobs was more the marketing... Uh, of those two, Jobs was more the marketing half of it. What was that, your phone? That was my phone. Yeah. If I can, some some knucklehead who I already told I was doing my uh, podcast still decided to phone in the middle of it. So. Yeah, oh, lovely. Yeah, there's no sense whatsoever, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you uh, go ahead with whatever you got there. I'm going to keep browsing some of these headlines, see if I find anything else interesting. Well, along the lines of tech, if you will, but uh, more to do with a particular app, I guess uh, we've spoken before about uh, how the country of India has banned over 50 uh, Chinese-produced apps, and uh, now Trump, is looking to uh, follow suit with the United States. He wants to, they're saying by the end of next week, (coughs) see the end of TikTok in the United States. Should be. uh, Yeah, yeah. So uh, it makes me wonder how long before Trudeau follows suit. He's always late to the party, and he seems to love those commies uh, over in China. So Canada might be a little slow to react, but... Even the United Kingdom, I believe, is uh, they they've banned Huawei and uh, yeah. and I had to laugh as this story was coming through about uh, the states looking to ban TikTok. Uh, this comedian that I love, I love his podcast by the way. The guy's name's Tim Dillon. Uh, he's he, he's like imagine uh, a gay Chris Farley. He's this big three hundred pound gay comedian character he's 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 funny as all heck came out of the new york comedy scene got too big for new york now he's buddies with rogan and the death squad guys and Hmm. in recent months he's been uh hitting it big with the tim dillon show i highly recommend checking out his channel uh, he he's very frenetic. Almost, his mom's schizophrenic. He talks about it a lot in his act, and you can see it kind of rub off on him because he'll go off on the and he'll have you in stitches because he'll just say the most incredible stuff. And he's big on conspiracies, so he, he'll just ramble about whatever. But he does it in that animated Chris Farley. You know, the everything's flying, the hair and the, yeah. the facial expressions and. So anyway, long story short, Tim Dillon, never one uh, shy away from uh, an opportunity, sees uh, the tweet about uh, Trump looking to ban TikTok, 
So Tim Dillon's response on Twitter was, Trump is reportedly banning TikTok. So if you want to watch 16-year-old girls dance, you better get on a plane with Bill Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) Thought you might like that. Oh, that was good, yeah. (laughs) Uh, His Twitter is fire. You got to check out Tim Dillon on Twitter. He is... He he loves the controversy. He loves stirring the pot. So oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Oh, speaking of TikTok, I just spotted something else here, and oh. totally related to what you're talking about. Microsoft yeah. is in talks to acquire TikTok. Ooh. New York Times reported this on Friday, citing a person with knowledge of the discussions, as President Trump said on Friday that he was considering taking steps that would effectively ban the app from the United States. There you go. It's un- There's a report here It says it's unclear how advanced the talks between Microsoft and TikTok are, but any deal could help after TikTok's ownership, help alter TikTok's ownership, said the person with knowledge of the talks who spoke on the condition of anonymity. TikTok is owned by ByteDance, a Chinese internet company that is valued at $100 billion. Yeah. And I guess they're lo- I guess they're looking at it like... Rather than be banned outright, at least cash out, yeah. strike up, strike up a deal with Microsoft. Well, at least if that, Microsoft buys it, you know that it's not going to be spying for the Chinese because Microsoft has to maintain transparency with the U.S. government. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying that I trust Microsoft. I'm saying that Microsoft has to maintain its transparency with the government. So. <laughs> yeah, and it'd be it'd be a rush to judgment to call it 3D chess by by Trump either. But uh, you know, it could pay off for the states if that transaction goes through. Yeah, because I know there's millions of TikTok users in the states, and uh, I, you know, that's that, that's something too. Like some of these Chinese it's companies. It's a popular platform among the younger generation, just like Instagram was when it came out, and Instagram still is. And Snapchat and yeah. those kinds of things. So yeah, that's one way to keep keep it uh, keep it alive, I guess, and and get around the whole issue of uh, foreign uh, spying and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll have have to see how things progress with that. So uh, Facebook says Apple's iOS 14 changes could hurt its ad targeting. Facebook Chief Financial Officer David Weiner said on Thursday that upcoming changes to Apple's iOS 14 operating system could hurt the social network's ability, social network abilities to target ads to users. With the update to its mobile devices, Apple will ask users if they want to let app developers track their activity across other apps and websites. That's a good thing. Apple has not said when iOS 14 will launch, but it's expected to roll out this year. Of course it is. We're still trying to understand what these changes will look like and how they will impact us and the rest of the industry, but at the very least it's going to make it harder for app developers and others to grow using ads on Facebook and elsewhere. Well, you know, he's saying that as if Apple's making things harder for developers, but... The problem is developers are making developers like that anyway are making things more annoying for the end user. So Apple is trying to better the customer experience. It says until now advertisers could use a device ID number called the IDFA 
to better target ads and estimate their effectiveness. In iOS 14, each app that wants to use these identifiers will ask users to opt in to tracking when the app is first launched. The change is expected to start impacting Facebook's advertising in the third quarter, but it will have a more pronounced effect in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so that's interesting. Apple is, uh, and, and you know, that's, <clears throat> that's par for the course with Apple. It always has been under Steve, and it still is under Tim is um, making sure that users know everything that their phone is doing, making sure that a user has to accept those terms and conditions and has to be aware of anything out of the ordinary that an app might be doing. Steve was always very big on that, making sure that people have to confirm that, you know, yeah. and, and apparently Tim still is, so that's good. <clears throat> God, I can't get rid of the Oh, your audio cut out. There we go. Get, get that frog out of my throat. There you are. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give you a couple seconds to, to re recuperate there. Yeah. Uh, talk about uh, what's going on in, uh, in the crazy western states there. So the riots and protests continue, and uh, rioters in Portland uh, apparently, apparently they've taken it to yet another level. They burned down the, the city courthouse, and then had a Bible burning, and uh, you know recently, of course, the mayor of Portland he had participated. In the, in, the, in the protests with these uh, so-called peaceful protesters, you know, kind of virtue signaling and trying to show what a great compassionate guy he is. But the protesters saw right through him and what a phony piece of garbage he is. Yeah. And, and not only did he get uh, maced or pepper sprayed by the, the riot squad, the police, but uh, his fellow protesters were going at him left and right spitting on him, yelling at him, and throwing stuff at him. So uh, I think he, he had like a come-to-Jesus moment there and realized, <laughs> realized he's in over his head. And I guess now uh, there's there's not going to be an issue of the feds coming into Portland to shut things down because now they burned down the courthouse. And <laughs> supposedly the idea behind burning down the courthouse uh, – there's a lot of uh, illegal uh, alien cases, a bunch of files that were stored at the courthouse. And, you know, they've got these leftists have this, you know, no borders, no walls, no. Yeah. yeah. So they're thinking if they could burn all the evidence, uh, all these cases against these illegal aliens that were recently captured in the region. Then and the then cases go away. The cases go away. And uh, and then, of course, just to trigger all the Bible thumpers, I'm no Bible thumper, but, you know, it, you, you, people would freak out if you burn the Koran. So, of course, burning Bibles is going to trigger the Bible belt. So, once again, they're, they're playing their little games. And then uh, <laughs> this, this, this got on, on me there. I couldn't believe, like, Antifa's latest move is these traffic blocks where yeah. they get in front of vehicles, 
They surround the vehicle. They're they're pounding on the vehicle, intimidating whoever's inside, getting them to either freak out and drive away out of terror and self-preservation, and then claiming, "Oh, they tried to run us over." Yeah, yeah, that's one of their scams. Another thing they like to do is try and pull these drivers out of the vehicle and scare the shit out of them yeah. and make make them go to their knee for them. You know, take a knee and say they support Black Lives Matters or or whatever. You know, screw John Donald Trump, whatever they you know what they want to basically make the people jump through hoops. It's a it's a humiliation thing. Yeah. Well, so, but a lot of it's starting to backfire because uh, uh, I don't know if you heard, but recently this U.S. Army Sergeant Dan Perry, he was uh, he was working his. Uh, Due to the pandemic, he was hurting for money, and so he took a job as an Uber Eats driver. And uh, so, when he's not on base at Fort Hood, he was uh, working for Uber Eats, and he got caught in one of these neighborhoods that was blocking traffic. And he's armed, yeah. and th- this video <laughs> viral. So the, the the Antifa victim, we'll call him. <laughs> named Garrett Foster, his buddy's filming him on his phone, and he's, he's trying to look all tough. He's got the face mask. He's in camouflage. He's carrying an AR-10 or AR-15, and he's talking about, you know, going to get these capitalists and show them and blah, 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 and, and fight the power and all this commie stuff. So after he's done, you know, do, doing his little spiel, not five minutes later, his buddy's filming him as a bunch of people, including Garrett Foster, surround Dan Perry's vehicle. And and Dan Perry had nowhere to go. He's surrounded. And you see in this video, Garrett Foster yanks open the door. He's got slung over his shoulder, the AR-15, yeah. starts to point it at a trained military man, <laughs> Dan Perry, and... Sergeant Dan Perry did not want to take any chance that he was going to be shot with a rifle being pointed squarely at his face. Especially not by somebody who's jacked up on adrenaline. Or or meth. Yeah. You know, these idiots are meth heads. So he just <clears throat> did what his training told him to do, self-preservation, self-defense. Pulled out a firearm, pistol, one shot, bye bye Garrett Foster. Good. He's, he's, you know, and that's the end of him. And uh, it was funny because at first, you know, the leftists and Antifa, they were trying to be like, oh, shot in cold blood, murder. But, but his own buddy releases the footage yeah. showing how they terrorized Mr. Perry. And uh, now the police are investigating. Because I'll deter- tell you, if I lived in an open carry state or even concealed carry state myself, and I was armed, you point something at me, I'm going to shoot first. And you got a bunch of hysterical people banging on your vehicle yep, and yelling. Exactly. Yelling at you from all you, different You directions. point a firearm at me, I'm not going to assume that you're not going to use it. I'm going to fire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like how many times have we seen people get yanked out of their vehicles during these rallies and get the shit kicked out of them? Yep. Now he's getting a gun pointed at his face. Yeah. What do you, you know? So the police are investigating and it looks like they're trying to. There was no immediate charges filed because they're trying to determine if it was a case of justifiable homicide, in other words, self-defense. Yeah. And 
it's looking like it's going to go that way, much to Antifa's dismay. But trained military guy, he was basically cornered, given no option. Yeah. Weapon, weapon pointed at his face. <clears throat> he reacted and did what he felt was necessary. So. Yep. Bye bye. <laughs> and and really, whether he was military trained or not, that's pretty much what anybody who carries would feel is necessary. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and like uh, I'm so sick of this Antifa stuff. Like it just, I got so many of these jotted down just from the last 24 hours because it's ridiculous their tactics. Like they oh, are, it is. and and nobody's curtailing them. And they're literally asking to be killed at this yeah. point. Like. So even in England, like here, there's a case, there's a viral video out, naked man, this Antifa goof, uh, there's an Antifa rally in this town in England, and uh, this and this man thought it would be clever to get naked and block traffic along, you know, and, uh, you know, this poor, poor guy, he's with his wife and kids, and the kids see this naked man standing in front of their vehicle, as part of the Antifa blockade. So the driver gets out and tells him to get the fuck away. He's got kids in the car and he, he doesn't need his kids seeing some crazy naked man standing in front of them. And when Buddy refused, he did what I think a lot of people would do. He decked the naked man. He had, oh, yeah. had, a, he had enough of this bullshit. And, and the video shows just one good crack, lights out. Guy <laughs> topples over. <coughs> So, haven't heard yet if that guy got, if anyone got arrested out of that deal, but uh, you know, I think at this point you pretty much have to have to go full vigilante mode because you know yeah, the police, much. the police aren't doing anything to protect you, and you know what are you going to do if you're there with your wife and kids? You got some some. It's bad enough uh, what happened in. Uh, you know, with the the Dan Perry uh, Garrett Foster situation, but then how creepy and perverted, you know, you, your wife and kids got to see some naked dude standing in front of your vehicle, yeah. and you got nowhere to go because you're surrounded by these dummies. So, you know, again, yeah. uh, justice served as far as I'm concerned. In other tech news, a 17 year old from Florida was just arrested for uh, this month's uh, huge Twitter hack. Ooh! Yeah, Graven, Graham Ivan Clark, a 17-year-old teen from Hillsborough County, Florida. According to Florida News, Clark was arrested earlier Friday morning following a nationwide collaboration between the FBI, the IRS, and the DOJ and the Secret Service. Hillsborough State Attorney Andrew Warren filed charges against Clark for being the mastermind behind the July 15th Twitter incident when the teen is believed to have gained access to Twitter's back end, took over several high-profile accounts, and tweeted on their behalf to promote a cryptocurrency scam. <laughs> and they're obviously planning to, uh, they've obviously charged and planning to try him as an adult because they released his name. Hmm. So even though he's only 17, they released his name. That means they're going to try him as an adult. So funny. How often do we hear about, and these hackers, they're always like between the age of like 15 and 18, young kids usually, just great with computers, and they, 
they figure they and they and they don't realize the severity i think of what they're doing they're thinking they're they're getting over on the man pulling yeah. a little prank. and they and don't really thing is there's there's no realism to it on their end. It's like, um, it's like that movie that, uh, what was it? That one that Matthew Broderick, I think it was Matthew Broderick was in, in the eighties war games. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, you know, it's, it's almost like a game because there's no personal interaction. Yeah. So like he, he kind of knows what he's doing on one level, but, on another level, it's like there's no realism to it, you know? And they don't realize, like, they think they're going to get a slap on the wrist, and here you got, like, the FBI involved. And, yeah. You know, like NSA, maybe. Like, it's like, uh, that reminds me what you just mentioned there. That reminds me back in, what was it, the, the early, late 90s, early 2000s, that there was that famous hacker. He went by the handle Weave, yeah. W-E-V. And he caused a big uproar and a lot of shit there. And uh, and uh, there was a documentary just released about him. And uh, I was watching that the other day. And it was so funny because he was this this little tiny, you know, like he was like a five-foot bugger all uh, Jewish kid, teenager. And, you know, and, and into his early 20s kind of rose into prominence as like an internet troll and hacker and he just his whole thing was he loved exposing all the you know all the weak links and the chinks in the armor of uh of the security systems of uh of the various tech companies and uh you know and he he was a guy that was like a thorn in the side of like the apples and yeah you know at&t trolled at&t pretty hard yeah and uh yeah, and it was, but he paid the price ultimately. He wound up going to prison. He thought he was going to skate, skate off into the sunset there, and he thought he was going to get some kind of big, uh, you know, because a lot of these companies usually end up hiring hackers later to do their security for them. So he was kind of thinking he was going to get a big payday at the end. Yeah. And instead, he got a prison sentence. Yeah. I think he, I think he wound up doing a couple years in prison got out on good behavior and and now i guess before the pandemic he was some sort of uh, wall street guy so he was he was dipping his toe into the markets and uh, wouldn't surprise me if uh, he was using his uh hacking ability to get some inside information and uh <coughs> but yeah yeah like freaking not a surprise hacker was what 17 yeah <laughs> fuck Never ceases. But, you know, one of these days you're going to get, like, one of these punk kids is going to hack into, like, you know, Russia or America's, you know, nuke, uh, nuclear, uh, you know, and, 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 and this is the, the thing that War Games movie kind of warned of. Was, yeah. You know, now you, now you managed to unleash the nukes there because you thought you were being clever and playing a game and now you fucked us. So way to go. Well, actually, I think the uh, message of War Games was more of a warning about having everything controlled by computers, which can then be accessed by hackers. Yeah, yeah, true that. So I was looking at uh, the Canadian... Uh, we, we covered this before about the Canadian national debt, and uh, you know, it talked about how uh, the Trudeau government was projecting a, 
you know, $330 billion deficit just for 2020's budget. Yeah. And, and I was saying how that, uh, when you add that with our overall current debt, that would put us in the trillion dollar club with the states. Of course, the states is like 30 trillion at this point, but we would, yeah. we would. Justin we, just wants to be in any club that the states is in, doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, even if it's in the negative. Eh? <laughs> so I went on the Canadian Taxpayer Federation website. They've got a debt clock. It's it's constantly running. So you can see the debt accumulating before your eyes. And it's even worse than imagined. So if it's true that the, that the debt, that their estimate for this year's budget is $330 billion, well, our current debt is actually 800 billion. Hmm. So if you add 330 to 800, that gives you 1.3 yeah. trillion. And 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 that 330, that was just an estimate. They haven't worked out the budget. It, it, this could end up being a 1.5 trillion dollar deficit overall on a little tiny country of Canada. Can you imagine? Well, we're not exactly tiny. Our population is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, we're, you know, land <clears throat> obviously the, the, the biggest, but uh, as far as uh, population, you know, 35 million, give or take a few million illegal immigrants. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's uh, quite the debt for uh, a country whose population <laughs> is that size. I just, I'm just a little concerned. I don't know. You know, maybe it's just me, but I'm I'm thinking we're we're kind of in Foxville. I don't well, know. I mean, you know, if the government is smart, they could use cannabis income to uh, pay for a lot of that. But the government's not smart. We know that's not going to happen. They're, they're going to use cannabis in in income to uh, pad pockets and do other things. Yeah, good times ahead, eh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, let's get to something a little lighter here. Uh, I, I did a few top 10, 10 lists. Well, not uh -oh. did. <laughs> I did, did them. I looked these up. Uh, these were lists done by other sources. Uh, I thought it'd be fun just to do some top 10 lists about songs, movies, what have you. So first one is a top 10 list. This was done by the Gazette Review, the top 10 all-time songs list. So... We have at number 10, it's a song done by the group The Beatles. Can you guess which song? Hmm. No. <laughs> they the have so many hits. Exactly. The song is Hey Jude. Oh, it is Hey Jude. Okay. Wow. Hey Hey Jude at number ten. This one, well, this one you'll probably get. Number nine, a song by the group The Eagles. Take it easy. It's one of their hits, but what would be their most iconic? You hear it on the radio about every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Hotel California. Exactly. Yeah. Hotel California. <laughs> brain fart there. That's okay. Hotel California coming in at number nine. Uh, this one surprised me and it pleased me because I'm a fan of these guys. 
The group is Pink Floyd coming in at number eight. And can you guess the song? The Wall. Or at least one part of The Wall anyway, probably part two. I, I, I would uh, I would give that an honorable mention, but no, it's Comfortably Numb. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah Comfortably Numb. Got <clears throat> in at number eight. Okay, number seven. That used to be my theme song when I was partaking in a certain <laughs> flake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were all comfortably numb back <laughs> in our youth. Yeah, the end of the yeah. 80s, the early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in at number seven, there this guy. There was still a lot of uh, George Young stuff on the market at that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming in at number seven, uh, he was a member of the Beatles, quite successful on his own. The man is John Lennon, and the song is... Imagine. There you go, sir. Imagine, yes. The only, that, that's actually the only real big hit John ever had on solo. Yeah, truly. He had some minor... Yeah, minor he had hits. some good songs, but that's the only real big hit he had solo. And you think of the commercial success, like you see how many, how many commercials have used that song or shows. and Yeah. So uh, coming in at number six, these guys kind of were the, the pioneers, the early front, uh, forerunners of the, the 90s grunge scene. The band is Nirvana. And the song at number six is... Smells Like Teen Spirit. Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. I, I was already able to guess the band before you said it. I mean, grunge, yeah. uh, who else? Because yeah, all there is is like them and Pearl Jam. and Yeah. You know. they, they were the front runners of the grunge scene, though. Yeah. Coming in, now we're getting into the top five here. Coming in at number five, uh, the band is Metallica. But this is one of their early, early smashes, not not the ones people think of on the radio. This is one of their early smashes, and it had a it had a very uh, dark but iconic video. Oh, <laughs> that would either be one or for whom the bell tolls. One, yeah. yeah. Number yeah, coming in at number five, the song is "One" by Metallica. Very dark song. Oh, very. very yeah, that one was. Uh... It, it had the uh, the whole video of the guy being crippled from the war and multiple amputee and everything. Yeah, disfigured, the face mask and everything. Yeah. All right, now we get into number four. This guy was uh, iconic during the, the folksy uh, hippie 60s. The artist is Bob Dylan, and the song is... Everybody must get stoned. Rainy day women. <laughs> There's a few few of his songs that could be on the list, but uh, the one they chose was Like a Rolling Stone. Oh, okay. All right, number oh, three. Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Now, this one I'm going to throw, throw you off because I don't think that anyone... That was a McLean and McLean impression of Bob Dylan, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> For anybody um, old enough to remember McLean and McLean. Yeah, yeah. Canadian, Canadian uh, comedy duo. Yeah. Coming in, coming in at number three, this song, well, both the song and the artist, it'll throw you for a loop because you wouldn't think of this making an all-time uh, top ten list as far as this category goes, but uh, 
I don't know if I should give you the song and then guess the artist or vice versa. All right, uh, I'll just... Uh, the Buggles the artist. video killed the radio star. Well, that was a good, good guess. <laughs> this is even further out. Because that's that an obscure one that a lot of people don't know the band name, so... And they were they were the ones that created uh, basically they were the first video on MTV and the first video on uh, Canada's uh, what was much. it uh, much music yeah which aired a year later to the day from MTV yep. and both those networks went for a shit when they stopped playing music videos and started doing stupid reality shows yeah. and you know, teen pregnant teens and blah 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 yeah. You know. Number three, the artist is Bing Crosby. Oh. Oh, Bing Crosby. We're going way back. Hmm. Let me think here. Bing Crosby. <laughs> Maybe White Christmas? There you go, sir. Yeah, yeah. Number three, White Christmas. <clears throat> One of his Christmas. most well-known, that's why I thought of it. But, you know, being a seasonal thing, I wasn't sure if that would be it or not. Yeah, he was famous. He was a famous crooner of the day back in, what, 40s, 50s? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. <laughs> 60s, yeah, but he was famous. He was most famous uh you know, outside of his crooning, he was famous for beating his kids, and being, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he had that that strange duet he did with David Bowie in the seventies. Yeah, you remember? there was like some weird duet the two of them. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I remember I've I've seen the video actually. I just can't remember what the song was. It was this oddball pairing, and it was right when David was in his Ziggy Stardust kind of yeah. phase. So. It was, you know, I guess they're trying he showed to show up in the video. He showed up at Bing's house in a normal suit, which was really odd for David Bowie at that time. <laughs> Probably worried old Bing would, you know, haul off and hit him if he yeah. dressed like a hippie. <laughs> what's this? What's this fairy hippie doing? <laughs> it's like Ed Sullivan, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, what you play, you got to wear a suit to be on my show, damn it. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're down to our the top two. And these are very iconic, very iconic. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Elvis Presley is one of them. Wow. Well, then whoever made the list doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, I would have put Elvis ahead of Bing Crosby, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> but I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. Blue. <laughs> give you a hint for number two. The band's name is Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. So let's see, Led Zeppelin. I mean, geez, I don't know. That's got to be go your own way. No, that's Fleetwood Mac. I was wondering if you'd get that or not. <laughs> Stairway to Heaven, uh, obviously. I, 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 I could smell the troll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stairway to Heaven. Yes, sir. Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin coming in at number two. I mean, that song's on the radio more often than, you know. In Hotel California. <laughs> yeah. I, you're, you are definitely going to love number one because I know you're a fan of this group. And uh, it, it's, it was one of the strangest and yet most iconic 
It's been used in a number of movies. It's uh, it's a classic. It has okay. uh, the band's the band's name is Queen. Oh, of course. Well, then that would have to be Bohemian Rhapsody. Coming in at number one, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Yeah. The Gazette Gazette Review uh, top ten all time songs. So. There's one top ten list for you, folks. Yeah. I got, I got another one for you. How well, about the... be, before you go into that one, I just wanted to mention something that we actually talked about yesterday that, uh, you know, obviously didn't make it to air. We oh. were talking about the uh, new NASA rover, and you weren't yeah. sure if it had launched or not. And that's actually an article I'm looking at here from uh, Thursday. NASA launches new rover Perseverance to look for ancient life on the red planet. Ancient life. Hmm, what are they going to find? I don't have the hair, but aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they launched their new rover, a car-sized robotic explorer named Perseverance to Mars on an ambitious mission to scour the planet for evidence of ancient life. Which is not surprising because they have found evidence of there once having been water on Mars. So it's not surprising to look for ancient life. And then, of course, there's always the uh, conspiracy theory to consider that we actually come from Mars. And the moon was the space shuttle we came in. <laughs> yes, I've heard that. That that is a, a bona fide conspiracy theory. Nice. <laughs> there are people who believe that. <laughs> so yeah, you were mentioning that it's a, a helicopter, <clears throat> and that's uh, one thing that's mentioned here. It says, uh, "For the first time ever, we're going to fly a helicopter on another planet." Yeah. Uh, adding that future missions to other worlds could use similar helicopters as airborne scouts. The Perseverance rover launched aboard an Atlas V rocket from Cape Canaveral in Florida. Typically, crowds gather along beaches near Cape Canaveral to witness the launches, but because of the coronavirus, the agency encouraged space fans to stay home and participate virtually. Instead, particularly as new, new infections continue to surge in Florida and across the country, Matt Wallace, the mission's deputy project manager at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, said the rover has already lived up to its name as engineers persevered through the pandemic to ready the spacecraft for its much-anticipated launch. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's up there. It's on its way to Mars now. Space it's, helicopters. What, yeah, what do they, what do they come up with? two days into its journey now. Yeehaw! <laughs> All right, top ten. Of course, it'll only work on Mars, well, on a planet anyway that has a bit of an atmosphere because as a helicopter, it needs air to provide lift. <laughs> and you're not going to get that in the, in the void of space. No, no. All right, uh, I got another top ten list for you. The top ten grossing movies of all time. By the way, that top ten music list, was that based on gross sales or perceived nope, no, popularity? They, this was just a, an opinion piece from the okay. Gazette. <clears throat> then I stand by my statement that he didn't know what he was talking about when he didn't include Elvis in there. 
Yeah, well, there was a couple of them in there that I would have put something else in for sure. Yeah. It wasn't now, if, it was, if it was based on uh, top grossing sales, then obviously I can't dispute the numbers. But when it's an opinion piece, yeah, I, I can dispute that. <laughs> well, then, then being, being the true uh, autist that you are, you will appreciate this top ten list because it is strictly by the book, by the numbers. <laughs> These are the top ten grossing movies in dollar amounts of all time. And... What's funny is, you know, you and I, if we were to rattle off what we consider, you know, the all-time classics, I don't think too many of them would make this list. Yeah. This this is uh, this kind of shows really uh, the garbage taste of the general public, in my opinion. But we'll see what you think after you after you see this list. And most of these movies are just from the last decade, because uh, I'll probably you know, the, agree. <laughs> yeah, value, you, the value, I mean. uh, and, and then the you know the value of the dollar and whatnot, and and how uh, the worldwide market's being tapped into now, uh, whereas it might not have been as much in previous decades. Yeah, but but here we go, top ten uh, grossing movies all time. You'll be surprised to know uh, that uh, like none of the Harry Potter movies. Uh, None of none of the traditional franchises you would think of are on are on this list. Strangely enough, so yeah. again, you'll see when I read off these. Coming in at number ten, this movie came out in two thousand eighteen. It grossed one point four billion. The movie is Black Panther. Hmm. See, already I can see that one thing they're not taking into account is the difference in the value of a dollar between now and say 50 years ago. Exactly. Because, you know, there might've been something <clears throat> even in the seventies, even looking at star Wars, if you were to compare the dollar value, star Wars might've beat that. Or if jaws. You compare the dollar value. Yeah. Or jaws or any of those uh, clo uh, close encounters of the third kind. Those yeah. kind of, are these uh, top tens from BuzzFeed or something? No, no. This was uh, this was just a, a random Google dive. Oh, okay. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, number nine, The Avengers: Age of Ultron, 2015, directed by Josh Joss Whedon. It grossed one and a half billion. Uh, the Avengers series jumps into the top ten. Firefly, directed by Joss Whedon, could have grossed a lot more than that if it had been allowed to. God damn it! Yeah, and I could be mistaken. Still but too soon. Always too soon. <laughs> and I could be wrong, but wasn't he also behind that TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes, he was. Okay, so he's done. He's done some things here. Uh, Coming in at number eight, I hate this series. This is another one of the movies in this series that I think is fucking garbage. But to each Twilight. their own. No, uh, yeah. No, to, <laughs> to each their own. Fast and the Furious Seven. Oh God, yeah, I hate that series too. And and like not not like six, five, four, three, two, one. Part seven, Fast yeah. and the Furious Seven. Director James Wan, one point six billion, fucking garbage. Yeah, you 
you people that are watching this, you're fucking garbage. Anyway. But again, as you continue to progress through this list, you are proving what I just said, that they're not taking into account the difference in dollar valuations. No, no, because these are all recent movies. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, there's, uh, so here we get right into it, number seven. You know what they should be going by is numbers, of, n the number of tickets sold. Yeah. Not necessarily the dollar value of them, but the number of tickets sold. Or the box office share of that period. Yeah, the percentage or something like that, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, and here we go again, number seven. Frickin' Marvel, Marvel's The Avengers, directed by Joss Whedon. So the, here's this the, these comic book movies, eh? And Wait the Marvel. A Didn't you already do number seven? I thought that was that was Avengers. You went, Black Panther was number ten. Avengers: yeah. Age of Ultron, and then Fast and Furious seven. So now you're on number six. No, ten, nine, eight, seven. Black Panther's oh, 10. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, so 10 Marvel's minus 3, you know, but yeah. Marvel's The Avengers. Joss Whedon. Fuck. Uh, I missed it, number it, 7 somehow. That's what threw me off. I don't know. <laughs> number 6, Jurassic World. Two thousand two thousand fifteen. 1.8 billion. Yeah, I saw the original Jurassic, but, you know, all these uh, sequels since, like... Yeah, you know, you, one thing that this list is not going to help with is my attempt to keep vomit off of my foam windscreen. Oh, I, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> I, this is what I mean. I thought you would be triggered when you hear the... <laughs> like, these movies are fucking garbage. I'm telling you right now. They're, I'm like, offended. There might be a couple of passables, but there's no fucking smashes here. Wait, let, let's see if I can do that offended check. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, now we're in the top five. Number five, you're not going to believe this, another Marvel Avenger. 2018's Marvel Avengers Infinity War, $2 billion. Like... I mean, I what love the Marvel movies, but, I, you know, at the risk of repeating myself again, they're not taking into consideration the dollar valuation. No, it's just, and then again, I, I just think people just have garbage. Those, those aren't the top 10 grossing movies of all time, not when you take that factor into consideration. Yeah, they're just going by the sheer dollar amounts yeah. and not the relative worth. Yeah, like, like, I mean, you know, some Elvis movie back in the 50s grossed uh, $2 million, so it doesn't count. But what was $2 million compared to today's money? Exactly. You know? That's why I say, like, a franchise. In today's money, that might have been a few hundred million dollars. And Elvis's you know, movies were crappy. Even he hated them. <laughs> but think of a movie like Jaws or The Exorcist. Exactly. Like back in, yeah. All right. Or The Godfather, for that matter. Yeah. Okay, number four. J.J. Abrams' Star Wars The Force Awakens 2015. It raked, it raked in $2 Yep. The Force Awakens. Number three. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now this one, yeah, this this movie. Every time I hear about this movie, I all I can think of is that fucking. She's such a. Oh. <laughs> as far as Canadian representatives go, I can't hate a Canadian more than well. I hate Trudeau, but more than. <laughs> Yeah, Trude but that doesn't count because he's a Cuban. But almost as much as I hate Trudeau, I hate this chick, Celine Dion. Oh. Yeah. And that fucking song, you know, like. Yeah, from she the, is not a representative of Canada, man. And of course, the, her, her hit song, which was off the movie Titanic, coming in at number three, 1997, James Cameron directed Titanic, pulled in $2.1 billion. Hmm. Out of this whole list, it's probably the most the closest, adequate. Yeah, most adequate movie. At least it was historical, somewhat. And, and at least it's from 1997, which yeah. you know is a different dollar value even just 20 years ago. So even that shows how it stood up. Yeah, and at least and again there was some you know it was based on a real story. So. Yeah. And it was a pretty epic movie. I mean, you know, I I liked that movie. I I won't deny that. Same thing with uh, James Cameron's Avatar. Coming in at number two, James Cameron's Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, but you are getting ahead of me. Uh, number coming in at number two, the yeah, another fucking Avengers movie. Avengers and. <laughs> 2019 Avengers Endgame, yeah. 2.5 billion, and that and that one had like all the, you know, Robert Downey was in there as yeah. Iron Man. There was all the characters. Yeah, that was a big one, but that fucking garbage series. Yeah, and uh, you already guessed number one. Uh, yeah, Avatar coming in at number one, 2.8 billion, and another movie directed by. James Cameron. Yeah. A very prolific James Cameron. So there's your top 10 all-time money-making movies, your top-grossing movies of all time. Yeah, well. <laughs> based, yeah. based on current dollar value only. Yeah. So uh, are you, are you, are you uh, well, before we get into the would-you-rather, just a quick update, uh, swing back to the serious for a moment. Uh, I went on, uh, you know, people think I just make this shit up about COVID. Uh, I, I went on the website, COVID-19. So I got both the Canadian statistics and the world statistics as of the last 24 hours. So Canada was sitting at 116,000 confirmed cases. 9,000 dead, and those were rounded up slightly. And those are those are the totals from this whole time, not current numbers. <laughs> and uh, the death rate, 0 0.07, so not even 1%. Yeah. World, worldwide, 17 million cases confirmed. Again, take into account, folks, these are... Confirmed cases. There's so many out there unconfirmed. Yeah. So if if the percentage in Canada is less than one percent, just based on the confirmed, 
figure it out if you add in the unconfirmed, you know, yeah. if, if you knew how many. Uh, worldwide, 17 million, 700,000 deaths. I did the math, 0. 0.04. Mm. So not even half. That's a 99.6% survival rate. And we've shut down our world and been forced into mandatory masks, quarantine, lockdowns, all this panic and paranoia over something that uh, is no worse than the common flu, essentially, according yeah. according to the statistics. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm just going by what they put on their website. So, you know, YouTube... I'm Don't not deny a doctor, it. honey, but take off your clothes and I'll pretend. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, I got these numbers off the website, the WHO, so sue them. Don't sue me. Like I'm just I'm just the messenger. Yeah. I'm not a I don't profess to be an expert, but it just gives me pause to, when it comes to this mask bullshit and you know, makes me wonder what's really the agenda here. Microchipping, vaccines. <laughs> Fucking surveillance state. Yeah. All of the above. <laughs> Wake up, sheep. Wake up. Bah. What was that? Remember that line in uh, Blade Runner when uh, when the one uh, cyborg there, he the, the big guy, he gets a hold of Harrison Ford. He's got him up by the throat and he says, Wake up, Decker. Time yeah. to die. You know, <laughs> about to kill him there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I don't know what to tell you, folks. The numbers are there. But if you want to shit the bed and panic over something with an over 99% survival rate, yeah, that's on you. I, I'm going to live my life. Yeah, no kidding. So on that note, let's play a game of uh, Would You Rather. All righty. I've got five questions today. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, because I wasn't sure... You know, if I had enough, uh, you know, material to work with after what happened yesterday, so yeah. I had to make sure we got in our usual amount of time. So yeah, well, we're coming up uh, three minutes shy of an hour right now, so we're doing good. Oh, okay, so this will work out perfect. Yeah. Uh, to a first-time viewers and listeners, uh, we play this game. Would you rather? I think everybody's heard of it. I asked Eskri a series of questions, each one with two options, and there's no right or wrong answers. It's just looking into the mindset of the individual you're asking the question of, and these are all open to debate. And so far we've been trending pretty much 100% lately of having the same uh, answers. Yeah. So go figure. Okay, question number one. Destry, would you rather A, have a dog with the personality of a cat or B, a cat with the personality of a dog? I think I'd rather have a cat with the personality of a dog. <laughs> smaller? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would basically just be like having a smaller dog. Yeah. You know, they listen to you. They come when called. They they answer to their name. They don't just sit there and look at you with a fuck you look on their face. Which Shut is up why and feed me. Exactly. <laughs> like, why would you want a, like a big German shepherd or husky or even a lab to have a personality of a cat? Yeah. Cats with 
yeah, fuck you. And yeah, <laughs> you call them and they just do their own thing. And yeah, yeah. You know. so that's a hundred percent agreement on that one. Uh, we would both rather have a cat with a dog personality. Yep. Question number two. Destry, would you rather A, be reborn in a past time or B, be reborn in a future time? Hmm. I think I would have to choose the future. Interesting. Just because... You know, the past is already there. We already know about it. Uh, there are some periods in the past that might have been fun to live in. Like, I don't know, the Wild West or something might have been fun to live in. But I'm always... I, I am <clears throat> infinitely curious about what is going to become of us in our future and how far we're going to manage to take our technological growth. So I think I'd like to see that. I'd okay. like to see the day when we finally achieve real space travel and, and start getting out there. See, you're more of a futurist in that sense, whereas me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of nostalgic for the past. So this, this one will differ on. I think this <laughs> one, this one I, 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 you know, there's a lot of things about the, the past. I love the simpler times. And I don't mean I don't want to go back to like the wild, wild west kind of shit. But like, you know, even like back to the 70s, 80s, you know, uh, you know, things things were modern enough to my liking, but simple enough that not not dealing with the bullshit that we're dealing with of this, this, this particular time. So I get you, but you're right. I'm more of a futurist and I like I like the technology that we have today and I'd like to see that taken even further. I'd so like there to you see go. where we can go with that. So there's your answer for number two. And of course, that's a, uh, I guess, a, a bit of a utopic hope for the future is that we won't take our technology in the wrong direction. Yeah, and then there's you know, and then like I'm, you know, I kind of long for the days of, uh, you know, the, the way the way music was in the '70s and '80s. I long for the day, like, I, you know, in a lot of ways, it was simpler when we didn't have the cell phones and the computers, and we had to actually, you know, you had the phone with the cord in the kitchen. Yeah. You had to, like, if you wanted any privacy, you had to go in the other room with the long cord. Yeah. And you're like, you know, and, uh, and the only way anyone could get a hold of you was to call you at home, because if they called and you weren't at home, they were you were fucked, because... You'd have to go out, actually go out and track them down. Yep. And then you'd have to know where the hangouts were, and that was <laughs> that was part of the adventure back then too. Oh, yeah. he's not at McDonald's. He's not at McDonald's. Let's try Robin's Donuts, or yeah. maybe he's at the pool hall. Or and I, you know, I like, remember always having a dime <laughs> in my pocket for the payphone. Yeah. Payphone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then just the you know the prices of everything and. Yeah, you know, just some, and then even just to take back past mistakes. If I knew I could do it all over again and go back, so yeah, that's that's where I'm. But I totally understand your logic and and wanting to see where things are in the future and the yeah. technology. And so, yeah, number three, Destry, 
Would you rather eat, never be able to eat candy at Halloween or never be able to eat turkey at Thanksgiving? Oh, that's easy. I almost never eat candy anyway. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. I, I would rather never be able to eat candy again. And, and you know. Turkey's a great source of protein. <laughs> and even though we disagreed on number two. And I love dark meat. <laughs> turkey. Turkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> even though we went off the rails on number two, uh, I have to bring it back to at least the 99 percentile. I agree with you. I I love my turkey dinners. Yeah. I love, you know, I'm a meat and potatoes guy, and uh, I've never been much for sweets, so... Yeah, I definitely would go for that. Uh, to me, that candy—it's always been like, uh, if it, when you're growing up, you shouldn't be eating candy. That's a little kid's kind of, yeah, you know, sinful treat for the youngsters kind of thing. But yeah. as a grown ass, grown ass man, why why are you eating candy? Like, what you, the fuck? You got to watch your health. You got to watch your sugars, stuff like that. And I used to, you know, I used to have a humongous sweet tooth. I, yeah. I used to be horrible with the sweets, but just in the last year or so, I've really cut back on on it so much that I don't miss it, and I could easily do without it. Yeah, so, yeah we're, that one's easy. Yeah, and we're both in the over 40 club approaching the half century, Yeah, and neither of us can afford to be, like, Diabetic. You know, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's, that's the <clears throat> end there. Yeah. So, good. Uh, yeah, so we're back on track there. Uh Number four, Destry, would you rather A, lose the ability to tell a lie, or B, be forced to believe everything you're told? Uh, I think that one's pretty easy, too. I'm not much of a liar, so I'd rather lose the ability to lie. Interesting. But let me let me play devil's advocate. So just imagine that you... You're, you're compelled to believe everything you're told, and given the state of the fake news media, the lies—that's exactly why I don't want that side of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, maybe I'll agree with you on that. <clears throat> that brings us to our fifth and final. This one might be a little more. Uh, if, if you have a weak stomach or squeamish, you folks may want to step out. But uh, uh, Destry, number five, would you rather A, eat shit that tastes like chocolate, or B, eat chocolate that tastes like shit? Gun to my head, I guess I'd have to go with the shit that tastes like chocolate. Because I'd be vomiting constantly if I was eating anything that tasted like shit. Oh, the gag reflex? Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah there, I mean, obviously, I, I would rather go with neither, but uh, <laughs> gun to my head, I'll go with the shit that tastes like chocolate. Oh, I, I, honestly, when I thought of that one, I thought, yeah, this, this is just horrible enough that there really isn't the right answer. To it. Yeah. And that's the way would you rather is actually supposed to be. It's, yes. It's, it's supposed to be that both choices are awful, which is the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which is most of your questions are they they do go that way anyway. I'm not uh, critiquing your your, your questioning <laughs> ability here. <laughs> well, again, a lot of times you know I'm just I'm just winging it off the cuff in the middle of the night when I'm yeah make, making one of my many trips to the washroom to go pee. So yeah, that's the old man that you are. Like the old man that I am with my. It's funny during the day I'm perfectly fine, but for some reason at night. The old bladder is just not what it used to be, so yeah. <laughs> whatever. Uh, well, hey, uh, I got a quick one for you. Let's finish off with, uh, I got another top ten list, but it'll be right quick. Uh, I got this off, uh, we've been talking about, you know, the top tens, uh, songs and movies, and yeah. we talked about the top ten grossing films. How about the top ten richest people according to Newsweek magazine. Oh, yeah. Number 10, Rob Walton, uh, part of the Walton family, the yeah. Walmart, over $50 billion. He's the oldest of the brothers. He's retired, but he still comes in at $50 billion. Hmm. In fact, 10, 9, and 8 are all Walton family members, so go figure. Yeah. Frick. Uh, the evil empire of Walmart. <laughs> so you have his sister uh, Alice, uh, fifty billion as well, and uh, the youngest brother Jim Walton, who's still working high, high up in the company, fifty-five billion. He's the youngest son of Sam Walton. Uh, so there's your ten nine eight. So Walmart rules the top uh, you know, ten nine eight positions. Yeah. <clears throat> Get that out of me. The next couple were ones I hadn't really heard of before, but, you know, whatever. Uh, number seven, Amancio Ortega, $60 billion. Apparently, he is the CEO of Inditex and Zara brand. Not, okay. sure, what that, not sure what that's all about. But, yeah, never heard of it. You know, in, Inditex, I-N-D-I-T-E-X. And Zara brands, Z A R A. Zed, you fucking Zed, false sir. Canadian. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> Been watching too much American TV. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, I do it too. <laughs> yeah. Number six. Uh, here we go. You know, we talked about tech tech companies and and you know and how profitable they become. Larry Ellison, CEO of Oracle Software. Yeah. 60 billion. Oracle Software. Yeah. Coming in at number five, Warren Buffett. Hmm. Good old Warren Buffett, 70 billion. He's trying to give away his fortune and he's still up there in the yeah. top five. You know, he's. Man, that guy made a lot of money. And Bill Gates Coming is still up there, too. I know coming Bill Gates is on your list, I'm sure. Coming in at number four, Bernard Arnault. Uh, he's uh, the man behind Louis Vuitton. Oh, Sa yes. Thought I recognized Sa the name. Louis Vuitton, Sephora, or Sephora, whatever. Uh, $75 billion. Unreal. Now we get into the big three. Jeff Bezos. Bill Gates, and I don't know. <laughs> Got two out of three, that's for sure. Okay. <laughs> Coming in at number three, the man you didn't get, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh. Face 
80 billion. Hmm. 80 billion. I didn't realize Zuckerberg was up there that high. Yeah, unreal. Number two. The Android, you mean? <laughs> yeah, the Android. And the way he looked at, at those congressional hearings looked yeah. like that, that microchip was malfunctioning. Yeah. You kind of like. In zombie land. Now, let me guess. Let me, let me guess the order here. I'm okay, going to say yeah. that number two is Bill Gates and number one is Jeff Bezos. You know your <laughs> shit, man. Bill Gates, number two, a hundred billion. Wow, he's really gone up, eh? I remember when he was only worth 30 billion. Yeah, a hundred billion. <laughs> well, you know, it's all that uh, that vaccine and eugenics money there, yeah. right? So, uh <laughs> Coming at number one, the, the man behind Amazon. And what's amazing is he's this wealthy and he gave $60 billion in a divorce to his ex-wife. Holy shit. Yeah, but she wound up not making the list because she donated a portion of that money to a bunch of leftist charities that she's into. She still well, like, you know, if, if making the list is important to you, your priorities are all wrong, so good for her. <laughs> Yeah, so good for her in a way, I guess. But yeah, Bezos, the man behind Amazon, $113 billion. And that is the final top ten list of the episode. And uh, what would you think? Oh, that was a pretty good list, and it did go by pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. 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 No no room to debate that. I mean, yeah, most of those on there are no-brainers. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you know, uh, considering we had to reshoot this episode completely off the cuff, pretty much, uh, I think we did pretty good. We got ourselves uh, an hour and 12 minutes here, so I guess it's time to cut her off, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Oh, Tell wait, wait. Oh, what? Just wait. i gotta, I got to do something here, because I didn't get to do it the last time. Oh, okay. If, if my mouse will ever work. Let me just see... Uh, <laughs> all righty <laughs> all right uh, and on that little... note folks we'll see you next week <laughs>